Hello and welcome back to The City Speaks. We got another episode on deck for you guys. I'm your host, Spark City, as always. And today's topic is going to be sort of my 2022 in review. This is mostly going to center around content creation because, I mean, what else do I talk about on this podcast? Um, but let's get into it. So it, it was a rough, 2022 was a rough year for me uh, as a person and a, as a content creator. Not in like any like crazy, crazy way, but I'll talk about the struggles I had with content creation as a career. Um, what I did right, what I did wrong, what I need to improve, and what I'm working on improving. Um, So let's start with the beginning of 2022. So at the end of 2021, I had officially sort of moved away from Fall Guys on my stream, which was where I had found most of my success. And uh, in early 2022, I decided that I was going to lean into trophy hunting. Trophy hunting was going to be my new thing. Uh, and the the thing I did right, I started the year off right out of the gate with uh, my list, my Road to 100 list of trophies, my platinum trophies that I wanted to get. I started the year with 50. I wanted to get another 50. That was the goal. And uh, what I did was there was a Saturday stream where a couple of us got together and we made a list, basically, and people were suggesting titles and things that I should try. And I was looking up guides for all of them and trying to figure out, you know, how hard they were and how long they'd take. And this was one of the things I did really well last year was that I actually gave myself a goal and that will be something that comes into play in this year as well when I talk about where I'm at this year so far. And uh, giving myself a goal was very important because it allowed me to have a focus and not only that, so I had my larger goal of 100 Platinums by the end of the year, um, but I also had essentially in, within the same you know spreadsheet was a step-by-step guide, you know, 50 steps, essentially one Platinum per step. Uh, to get there. And so it was a nice example of you have a big overarching goal that's going to take you a long period of time. And so you have a bunch of little steps to break it down uh, to get you there. Um, And this was sort of, I mean, it's an organic thing. You can't really plan this type of thing out. Well, I mean, I guess you could. You could just say, I want to get to 100 Platinums and then not pick your games forever. Um, But anyways, so it was tricky for me um, outside of stream because, you know, after watching it... When you, whenever you make a decision like that to move away from something where you had a lot of success and we're still having a decent amount of success um, when it stops being fulfilling um, for me I need to move away from that because if I wanted a job I was just clocking in clocking out I would go work a 9 to 5 there's a lot more security there you know decent money to be made depending on what you're doing um, but with streaming it's very much like it's self-starting and you have to for me at least I have to be very motivated and really love what I'm doing if I don't then then I feel bad and I don't want to do it which is a theme that comes into, uh, we'll come to later a little bit. And uh, so when I, you know, when I moved away from Fall Guys and I started thinking, you know, like I'm going to do this trophy hunting stuff, I ended up losing 80 to 90% of both my audience and my revenue. And uh, there's there's always like the classic, you know, advice you get from streamer Twitter and, and other places is like, well, don't let your numbers define you. And I think there's some truth to that. As a person, you can't say like, oh, I'm this type of person because I have this many viewers. Um, But when you're trying to make streaming a career, those two numbers, audience and revenue, are of course extremely important. Uh, And as soon as you're not making enough money to cover your burn, a ticking clock basically starts in the back of my mind. Um, And it starts for everybody, whether we want to admit it or not, because it is there. It's just something, whether you pay attention to it or not is, is how we differ but that clock is there as soon as you start burning into whatever reserve cash you have and so this was happening because i had i had you know moved away from my success and so there's a part of me uh, there was a part of me at the time that was very much like is this even the right decision should i not just suck it up and you know and 
continue doing what I'm doing, even though I, I don't want to do it anymore. And even, and part of the thing that made me realize that it was the right decision is just looking at my, my, uh, audience numbers, you know, even in November, December, when I sort of had realized that I was done playing fall guys, I, my viewership had already been halved down from, you know, anywhere from 150 to 200 in March, February, March of 2021. It was already down to about, you know, 60, 70, maybe at the end of 2021. So whether, you know, and there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, I'm sure people could definitely feel that I wasn't exactly feeling it anymore. Um, and I probably wasn't as fun to watch as a result. And my content was probably getting stale, you know, solo grinder for crowns that didn't mean anything. Obviously, for a lot of people who watch, moving on to the next biggest thing, which was at the time stream snipe lobbies and things like that, um, that would pull away from me because I didn't want to do that very often. So my numbers were already trending down and the writing was kind of on the wall. And so moving there that, you know, looking at that, and, and this is where analytics can help you is that you look at that and you're like, okay, well, it was already fading. So moving, you know, I probably accelerated it. I don't think I would have dropped down to 20 viewers with Fall Guys anytime soon, but the, the movement was happening anyway, and it was starting to become unsustainable anyway. So it, you know, it's, I think it was the right call. Uh, like I said, I want to like what I'm doing with regard to content creation. But obviously, this is still going to take a toll. You know, I've, I've been streaming for, God, since 2016. So it'll be close to seven years by the time this episode comes out. And languishing through about five years of nothing um, to find to finally, finally get a chance where it felt like my career was getting off the ground and then to come back to sort of feeling like you're back to square one, even though I'm not really... Um, that that's hard. It, and it, t- it took a toll on me. The problem was with how I dealt with it. Um, I am a, I'm an emotional person by nature. I feel my emotions very deeply. And so when I get sad, the way that I deal with it is usually just by retreating into myself and feeling sad and trying to process it. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's okay. But at some point I, I need something to sort of shake me awake and uh, essentially and be like, all right, cool. You've thought about it. And this is the danger I talked about of like over pontificating or overthinking things is that essentially like at some point, I needed to take action and do something. The The classic, again, the classic armchair psychologist take you're going to get on Twitter is like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you just manage to get out of bed today, that's okay. And this is, I'm purely speaking for me here. Yeah, obviously every so often you're going to have those, I'm going to have those days where getting out of bed feels like the most, most monstrous task we're going to have. You know, that's just part of, part of being human. But I wasn't happy with that being my every day. I wanted to be to do something that I was proud of and getting out of bed wasn't something that made me proud. It was something I'd done every day of my life before that. So I realized I needed to make a change throughout my entire adult life. I've always struggled with self-discipline and self-motivation. Um, and it's, it's hard, right? Because it seems like on the surface, like, how do you practice that? You know, if you have discipline, you can practice a lot of other stuff, but if you don't have self-discipline, where do you even start? Because as soon as I try and at least for me, when I try and do stuff, it's, it's hard for me to stick to it if I'm not 100% in love with it. When you look at things I am in love with in love with, or have been in love with, like Rocket League or Fall Guys or whatever, it's been very easy for me to stick to it and, and really put the time in and grind harder than anybody else or most other people and, and you know, differentiate myself and whatever. And that's all well and good, but there's going to be a lot of stuff in life that I, that I really don't want to do, but I do have to do regardless. And so throughout 2022 especially the first two thirds of it until about September. Um, I was having a lot of two to four hour streams. Um, I wasn't streaming a whole bunch and I wasn't really doing anything outside of streaming. You know, I would get off stream, 
and I would feel bad about not streaming a lot. And then I would sit there for the rest of the night and not do anything and feel bad about not doing it uh, about, yeah, about not doing anything. And it was sort of a, a perpetuous, a perpetuating cycle where I would not do anything, which made me feel bad, which made me not want to do anything, which would make me feel worse. Um, and so, you know, the, I have, I've always had this sort of confidence in myself that I have the ability to to really go at what I want to do and get good at whatever I want to do if I can put the effort in. Um, and I've always tried throughout my adult life while I struggle with self-discipline stuff, I've always tried to continually suggest new things to myself and think about it and try new things rather than just being like, oh, well, this is just who I am, you know. Um, because maybe it, it definitely is who I am. You know, I could point out, I could probably take you through exactly why I struggle with this. You know, a lot of stuff came e easily to me as a kid. So I never had to build up study habits. I never had to build up this, that, or the other thing. So those formative years where you are learning a work ethic and learning how to get good at something and how to improve and how to be constructive about that process, I, I kind of skipped because I was pretty good at stuff just naturally. Um, and that's not a flex because I mean, at the time I'm sure it was, but right now it's like, well, shit, <laughs> that's why I dropped out of university a whole bunch is because I got there and was like, shit, this takes actual work. Get me out of here. And that's been a pattern of my adult life. And it's something I don't like. And that's why streaming is a big point of pride for me, because there have been a lot of times where, especially in those early years where it felt terrible and it felt like I wasn't getting anything done, but I stuck with it and I stayed true to, to my, to my goals. And so that's why it's a big deal for me. And so I want to to keep developing that skill set. And I know that I can do it. I know I'm capable of it. But last year was sort of the first time where uh, that that confidence really got shaken in, in me. And I wasn't sure if like if I was anything, you know, extraordinary, or if I was capable of anything extraordinary or exceptional or anything like that. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, like. I'm fine living in a basement, you know, paying very cheap rent, but only really not having any freedom beyond just the ability to stream and eat and sleep. I'm fine with that. But I, Mary Lynn and I are together now and I have a girlfriend and, and she, you know, she does, she won't want that. And I obviously have to think about that too. You know, it's one of those things she's, she's very supportive and all that stuff, but eventually one day she wants to buy a house and I I can't in good conscience be like, babe, let's just keep living in a basement for like another four years while I hopefully get my streaming career off the ground. It's just not something I can do. And obviously we haven't had a conversation setting any deadlines because that's not very pleasant, but that's, there's going to be a finite amount of support. You know, if I, if we're 40, 45 years old and I'm still doing this, obviously something's got to give at some point because somebody is missing something from the relationship that they desire. So I have to think about that too. And that's sort of another ticking clock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get to get down on myself. Um, and I haven't I've never, you know, through uh, over a decade of trying to figure it out, I've never really figured out an ironclad way to increase my self-discipline indefinitely. Um, I'll go through spurts where I'm really productive and then I'll go through spurts where I'm just really not productive. Um, so then September came and after, you know, a summer or so of, of this kind of like indulging in my own self-pity, um, I was at my dad's house and I was talking to my dad and his fiance about it. And they're very good for conversations like this because they're very non-judgmental, and, uh, they ask probing questions and I don't take a lot of that stuff personally. So it doesn't upset me. It actually, I, I try to, you know, it makes me think and makes me actually consider these things. And maybe I'm a little bit more honest with myself about what I've been doing at the end of the day. And that's kind of the goal. It's easy to get stuck in your own head. Sometimes it takes other people to pull you out of it. And, uh, so I was sort of spitballing and this was something I came to by myself. I was like, okay, so I have no problem focusing on something that I want to do, but I have a huge problem focusing on something that I don't want to do. 
but that I might need to do, for example. So maybe the key is to give myself that same feeling and try and attach something, even if it's small and meaningless. So I basically came up with the idea of basically conditioning myself like an animal. Like you, you teach a dog to sit with trees and then eventually he'll just sit because he knows that that's what he's supposed to do. And so I was like, okay, so here we go. I'm going to get back to streaming seven hours a day on weekdays and we'll do a little Saturday stream. And if I do that at the end of the week on Sunday, I'll buy myself McDonald's just as like a little treat, you know, something to look forward to at the end of the week, even though I have my dream job. Isn't that insane? Like I have my dream job and I'm still struggling with this. I don't know. So, you know, I'm, we're, we're going home. Marilyn was there with me and we're, she's driving us home and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm super excited about this. And she's like, okay, cool. Let's try it. And, uh, I, I think I bought myself McDonald's maybe twice since then, just as a result of this. And it just sort of clicked. Like I, I realized that I was just not putting in the work and essentially it just boiled down to me clearing out my own psychological hurdles of like, I just have to do it. I'm really, really good at over the course of a day, talking myself out of doing something. So rather than that, you know, I tried to focus on being excited to do something. And, you know, when I, when I finish a project, focus on that feeling of like, yeah, I got something done and I put something out into the world that I'm proud of. And and it was creative and I know what I'm going to do better next time and stuff like that. Um, and so that was really important for me. So I immediately did get back to streaming seven hours a week. That was around Spelunky too, I think early September. And, uh, and so far so good. You know, I've, I've obviously had a few days where I cut it short. If we got to do errands after my stream or something like that, or, if, or if I'm sick, obviously like the previous week, um, or I guess two weeks ago at this point, but for the most part, I've stuck hard and fast to that seven hour a day. And I might, I might bump that up at some point, but for now, um, that was good. And then in October, I started, uh, the podcast because I'd been sitting on the idea for years or maybe a year or two and, uh, and realized that like, I just needed to do it. And part of something that has been a really nice revelation for me recently in the, in the recent months is that like, I, I, I generally don't want to create something if it's too similar to what other people already do. And that's a good mentality to have because you're always going to be trying to create something different. But you, I, I needed to temper that a little bit because there aren't many people who, when they first create something, it's not derivative of something else and it's not similar. There, most people aren't coming out with some like absolute banger, game-changing, like revolutionary new idea in, in a creative space. There's not too many people coming out and being like, oh, I created a video review that's going to literally define the meta for YouTube video reviews or whatever for the next decade or something. That just doesn't happen. People start off creating works in generally inspired by works that they like and then developing their own, their own stuff. You know, you, you have that foundation, then you build out and up from there. Um, and that is, that is something that's really been an interesting thought for me is that like, maybe I just put out that review. Maybe it's not that different. You know, maybe this podcast is just another white dude talking to himself in a closet about things only he cares about. And that's fine. That's okay. You know, it's always going to have my spin on it because it's my voice and my, my crazy brain coming up with these ideas and talking about them. But that's okay. Like, and then from there I can listen to it back and and incorporate my own feedback and incorporate other people's feedback if they gave me any and and build out and try and figure out where I'm going with this. I did a bunch of video reviews back in the day. I did a couple of them. I don't know. I think they might be lost to time. I don't know if I've ever posted any of them, but essentially like they were just your, your bog standard review of a game. And I needed to start there because eventually I happened upon the idea of, is it any good? Which obviously, you know, I've created two of those reviews in the last six months. So it's a, it's a series now, I guess. Shut up. It's my podcast. So I, I, I cre- came up with this idea of like the idea of, is, if you haven't watched any of it, they're all in, on my YouTube. 
If you search Spark City on on uh, YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, but is it any good? The title of the review is always, is it any good? And the review is seeking to answer that question. So you go through, I ask the question at the beginning of the video. We go through, we do the kind of usual review stuff and I can put my own spin on that if I want to. And then at the end, I ask it again, is it any good? And I answer yes or no. But the way that I say yes or no is meant to sum up my whole opinion. And it's this really fun, you know, it shows how inflection and tone are so important in how we speak. Orphan, for example, was my most recent one. And I really like that game, but I know I'm hard nostalgia blinded to it. And so I take you through and I take you through the story and how incredible I think it is. But then I, I talk about how the gameplay and, and the dialogue and the setting and all this stuff is going to drag you most people out of it. And so when I come to this, you know, is it any good? My answer is a very pained like, no, because and in that syllable, you can hear like, I want to recommend this to people, but I know it's aged poorly and it wasn't very good when it came out. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing. And I would never have gotten there if I hadn't started doing generic reviews, you know? And so it's the same thing with my Let's Play, my Platinum Project. You know, I have this idea for a Let's Play and all it is is just a your standard Let's Play except for I'm a trophy hunter. That's basically it. And that's okay because eventually maybe I'll find out somewhere that I wanted to go with it or maybe I'll find out that I'm not interested in that at all. But if I don't try, I'm going to be sitting there feeling sorry for myself, being like, oh man, look, if only I put out some videos, you know, blah, 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 blah. So let's put out some videos, you know? And so towards the end of the year, I did my subathon. That was incredible. And, uh, and so I, I, one of the things, the first thing was I'll, I'll share my new year's resolutions on stream. One of those like goals to get you going. And, uh, one of them, my, my new year's resolutions have been, you know, a podcast every week, just like usual, keep streaming the same amount, but then YouTube is where I'm, you know, post two episodes a week of the platinum project and then post a novel video on top of that every Saturday coming up with something new and exciting and fun and experimental. And the idea is I have a podcast. Yes, it might be generic, but it's mine and I can develop it. I have a, you know, I have a let's play. Yes, it might be generic, but it's mine and I can develop it. And that is how I've always done things. And it's amazing that it took me so long to figure this out. And now how this relates to streaming, you know, because obviously I'm still seeking to grow and, and learn as a content creator and develop myself. I'm never done iterating and I never want to be. Um, I took my foot off the gas with Fall Guys and look what happened, you know. But with, so, you know, when trying to figure out how I'm going to approach trophy hunting, because I do very much enjoy it, it's very handy to be able to identify my own strengths and weaknesses as a streamer and then play to those strengths and try and, try and you know, either bring those weaknesses up to speed or avoid them depending on how what kind of weakness they are like for example with fall guys i didn't do stream snipe stuff because i'm a relatively solo guy like i love streaming i love talking to everybody but if i'm not talking to people if i'm not on stream i'm sitting by myself quietly and so stream sniping was just it felt like hurting a bunch of kids around a daycare a lot of the time because you have people you know yelling at you everywhere to like start or not start or restart because they weren't in or something like that and it was exhausting for me and that's not something that's going to change you know i might build up a tolerance to that but it's not something i'm ever going to truly enjoy and that's what i mean by avoiding a weakness it's not a bad thing necessarily it's just recognizing that certain parts of myself were not compatible with certain activities I would have, I, if I had to do that eight hours a day, you know, six days a week, I would have, I would have probably uninstalled OBS and Fall Guys and given away my stream key or something. But so how does this relate to trophy hunting? So I tried to identify what my strengths were as a content creator, not just with Fall Guys, but even with Rocket League before that. And in both cases, there was kind of a common thread of like, I started off 
especially I, I never got out of this with Rocket League, but with Fall Guys too, I started off as not very popular and I used that time to amass a wealth of experience, whether that was grinding to a super high rank in Rocket League or amassing, you know, North America's leading win total in Fall Guys or whatever. I used that as leverage and also as, you know, teaching myself stuff so that when the time came and people found my stream, let's talk about Rocket League, when people started finding my stream and I started growing a little bit, I offered replay reviews. So I would look at replays of other people's matches and try and teach them how to level up their game and how to get to their next rank uh, based on the rank that they were. And uh, I think that's one of my strengths is the fact that I have the drive to get very good at something. And then I also really enjoy teaching people and being able to distill that information that has taken me a while to learn down into something that's digestible. Um, and even, you know, by the time I'm, I'm the highest rank in Rocket League, there's like, should I still be able to teach the, the very lowest rank? Because there's going to be a lot of things where it's like, oh, yeah, just use a mechanic that nobody knows at your rank that you have to put thousands of hours into practicing. No, you have to come back and be like, okay, so, you know, one of the most fundamental things that's going to serve you well throughout your career is X, Y, Z. So you'd really want to be focusing on that and something, just something incremental, notice their strengths and weaknesses and, and comment accordingly. Um, that was something I always enjoyed doing. And, and I had a lot of success with it. People would, uh, would send me replay reviews. And a lot of the people from the rocket league days ended up climbing ranks, whether it was because of that or whatever. I like to take a little credit, but obviously at the end of the day, it's them, um, pushing forward and, and taking my advice to heart and trying. Um, but that was really fun for me. And in, in fall guys, it was the same thing, you know? basically i've always enjoyed telling people my strats but like i was a magician revealing his own secrets you know i would come up with a strat and then i would explain to people how it worked because i really enjoyed doing that um like the fall mountain yeetus was one you could probably still to this day go into my chat and type exclamation mark yeet and it'll pop up a clip for you i might have removed that command but either way try it and i i taught people how to do this strategy that could that looked really cool and was faster than just walking normally to the crown and it, it helped a lot and just doing things like that, I think that was something that really helped people stay in my stream. I don't have a great hook as a personality, so I had to make up for it by grinding to a high rank or getting a lot of wins in Fall Guys, and that was a good enough hook. And what I think kept people there was my willingness to teach them how to get to that level. Um, and so with trophy hunting, though, it's a little bit different, and it's a little bit more complicated because there's guides everywhere, you know? Like, and being good at, you know, getting one trophy doesn't mean one platinum trophy doesn't mean you're going to be good at getting other platinum trophies necessarily. There will be patterns, you can learn optimization and whatever, but for the most part, it's a game by game process and each game is kind of a new thing, at least for me so far. And so it's a very interesting thing. You know, how do you translate that skill set into trophy hunting live? And so for me, again, I don't have a ton of platinum trophies. There are people out there with thousands, hundreds, hundreds or thousands or even tens of, well, maybe not tens of thousands, but there are people with over 10,000 platinum trophies. And so for me, it's like, how do I, how do I apply this sort of like, I want to get high skill and then help people with it. I think the high skill thing sort of takes a back seat and how that would present itself maybe instead of being like, oh man, this guy gets like eight platinums a day because we all know that that's, that's quite easy if you really wanted to put your mind to it. Um, but I would amass a large and varied collection of platinum trophies to show that I've overcome a whole bunch of different types of obstacles. So the, the thing that that would show people is if they wanted generic advice, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm really stuck on this JRPG, like, what can I do here? I could explain to them some of my grinding methods or whatever, whatever worked for me. I could link them to a guide if they needed to be, if they needed to, uh, if they needed one rather, or anything like that. You know, the possibilities are kind of endless. 
I think on top of that, I also want to be able to provide a place where people can be excited about their hobby. You know, a lot of trophy hunting discourses will like, oh, you have this trophy? Well, I have this trophy. And everybody just wants to be noticed for what they've done. And so if I can encourage that kind of, and the, the flex thing that I talked about last episode, the flex channel points reward, where you can show off your own trophy collection is I want to give people a place to do that. And if I have a lot of varied experience, I can talk to people about different types of, of achievements, you know, like, ah, oh, man, you know, this Western open world RPG is such a collectathon, yada, yada, yada. And here's my strats for dealing with that, you know, put on a podcast, put on whatever. There's so many different things I could do. And by building, you know, by doing a bunch of different varied types of platinums and building this wealth of experience, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, sort of recreate that same, uh, that same, I guess, not hook, but well, I guess a hook, because once you get to a high enough platinum number, it's like, whoa, holy moly. But, and I do advertise the number of platinums I have. It's sort of a holdover from the Fall Guys days, but um, that's a good hook. But what's going to keep people there is feeling like they can be excited about their most recent platinum thing without somebody trying to one-up them or be like, oh yeah, well, you got that? Well, I got this. You know, oh, you're working on that? Well, I'm working on this. Um, I don't want that kind of atmosphere. If you want to be a, a bulk collector and just go for the easy peasies, there's nothing wrong with that. That's pretty cool. Um, I won't have much to teach you, obviously, because I don't do a lot of easy pieces myself. But if you want to come and be proud of your collection, you're more than welcome to. That's that's the kind of uh, atmosphere I want to give as long as everybody's respectful of everybody else. And that's that's what I want. And so I think, you know, I th- it, it's interesting. I think that live I've said this before, but live trophy hunting uh, guides have been around forever. But live is still like relatively untapped. I mean, this stuff's been around for 15 plus years at this point. If you think the Xbox 360 was the beginning of achievement hunting as we know it. Um, it's been around for 15 plus years on the console side. And so, and, and yet there's still like, there are people who are successful who do this live, but it's still, I think it's pretty untapped. It's, it's a generic hobby and it's still relatively niche, but it's one of those things where people will dip in and dip out. You know, it's, you can pick it up if you want to, you can drop it if you want to. There's no like, oh man, if I don't get a bunch of platinums now, I'm not going to be able to get them later. Like if you, if you don't play Rocket League for six months, your skills are going to fade. The meta will have moved on and the player base will have gotten better in your absence. Whereas with trophy hunting, it's not really that because most people aren't gunning for the top of the leaderboard because the top of the leaderboard doesn't really take anything but time. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, and I think it's very fertile ground and I want to keep developing myself. You know, I've been working on trying to rein in that like psychotic go, go, go energy that I have on this stuff because I need to embrace the variety a little bit more and the, and the more chill, relaxed, pace you know to a trophy hunting stream it's not like rocket league or fall guys where something competitive is always happening something you know interesting is always happening um it's not like that really and even fall guys wasn't really like that it was like the last maybe two rounds of the game were like that but the games were quick enough that it felt like that whereas with trophy hunting there's going to be and especially i'm doing the witcher 3 right now and holy moly it's just side quest after side quest after go to place after kill the guys after silly cutscene or whatever and it's going to be slower. So I need to be more comfortable with not feeling like I have to plow through a game as fast as I possibly can. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about the speed at which I do stuff. It's about making it fun. And it's fun for me to plow through games because I like to, you know, overcome that challenge and push myself to do things really quickly. But it's not super necessary and it doesn't translate well into like a visual thing. It's just me zooming through a game. Um, And sometimes that's a fun thing, you know, and Crash Bandicoot 4, which I just finished the other uh, last year, um, was great for that because the levels are short and snacky and the whole goal is to go as fast as you can for some of it. You needed to for one of the trophies. So it's interesting. Um, I think it's 
I'm really excited to see where this year takes me because I, I have a lot of cool ideas in my head for novel videos and, and for things like that. I've got my plan in order. I've already made half of a list for my road to 200 platinum trophies, which we're going to try and accomplish this year. I need to get 77. We're already on our way. We've gotten a couple. Um, I really love the the system I've come up with where the shorter games are usually going to be played on YouTube and the longer games will be relegated to stream because I stream more than I YouTube. And uh, like I said, I've said this on stream a couple of times, like if I wanted to do something like The Witcher on YouTube, it would take over two years if I was releasing two episodes a week. So I'd rather take this smaller, snackier game so I'm not bouncing around all the time on stream, but those games end up getting stretched out to like two weeks or a month or something like that. And that's a little bit more fun um, for me because then you still get that investment over time, but the day-to-day isn't as boring. So I think that's really fun. I've come up with a lot of things, a lot of ideas that I think have a lot of potential. Um, and I'm so excited to test them out. And now that I'm feeling better, God, I hate being sick. Now that I'm feeling better, it's it's only up from here. So, uh, oh, we also ran the uh, the City Game Awards. It was super fun. We just ran it yesterday. It was an absolute blast. I really hope uh, everybody enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was fun putting it together. And that's another example of, of like... It, I mean, I could look at it now and I'm going to watch it later, I'm sure, at some point and be like, yeah, I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently. I remembered I I was about to go live with the uh, with the award show and I, I was talking to Mary Lynn. Oh, no, I was about to go live with the stream leading up to the award show and I was talking to Mary Lynn. I was like, ah, I should have put a timer on screen to like, you know, and it's just one of those things where, well, it's too late now, but I'll remember it for next time. And I'm learning all these skills and I want to get better as as every kind of content creator, not just, you know, a streamer or a YouTuber, but video editor music music maker you know anything like that you know community pillar i want to be better and continue to develop as these things and so it's really really great and i you know obviously i end every episode basically saying thank you all but i really do appreciate everybody who stuck with me because i think we've got a lot in the tank still and uh it feels nice to sort of have more of a direction uh and and feel like i've i've got it i've got something i'm really onto something here that i can really sink my teeth into and develop but anyway that's going to be this week's episode a uh, little bit of a retrospective. I tried to make this one, you know, it's a it's a happier one for sure because I know a lot of the topics I talk about when they're not gaming related are pretty deep and sometimes not the most pleasant. So I wanted to talk about some of my uh, some of my struggles, but also how I've how I've overcome them. And hey, you know, maybe you folks feel the same way about about something that's going on. But either way, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Let me know uh, Twitch.tv/SparkCity. I'm live pretty much every day except for. Sundays, which is the day this comes out, so I'll be live tomorrow, um, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, playing The Witcher with Gerald of Rivertown. Or you can find me on Twitter at the Spark City. My Twitter is completely dead, but sometimes I post there, and that's pretty neat. Or you could join my Discord. If you go into my Twitch channel and you type exclamation mark dis- Discord in the chat, it'll pop up a link. Pop in and say hi and all that stuff. I hope everybody has a great rest of their week ahead of them. Thank you for listening very much. I appreciate you all. Stay safe. Bye-bye.